Yo, what's going on? It's your girl, Prodigy the Brand, and you're tuned in to a brand new episode of What's Happening. And listen, this is not a planned podcast at all, but per usual for all my podcasts, they come right off the dome. It's something that I saw, a conversation that I had, something that I witnessed or I experienced myself. And most recently, um, I experienced and watched the documentary Juice World. Um, the Juice World documentary is on HBO Max. If you got HBO Max, it's something definitely that you should watch. Um, if you don't know anything about Juice World, right? Real name Jerry Anthony Higgins. Um, I still see your shadow in my dreams. Can't take back the love that I gave you. You know that man's bro. Um, he died, right? Um, Juice World, he died. Um, he was like they said that like he took a whole bunch of pills on the airplane when the cops was coming by. That made you know, and that's why he died. Woo out the bam had an overdose. Woo out the bam. So, as a person from Chicago. Um, I didn't really know this man. Uh, I'm a pretty upbeat person. I try to listen to positive stuff. Even if I'm like down, I try not to listen to like, you know, negativity or whatnot. Um, but if his songs was on the radio, like I listened to him and you know, I was pretty much like, damn, like he died already. Like that's crazy. And so I really didn't understand the, the drug usage piece of that conversation in regards to that man. And so when you watch the documentary, you're watching like 120 seconds of, like drug abuse, like you know something, and it was, and I'm not really here to talk about the podcast about drug abuse, right? Um, I'm really wanting to talk about what leads up to that, right? And so throughout the whole hour and forty nine minutes, you have Juice World on drugs. You understand what I'm saying? Like this documentary is like running, you know, twenty four hours running through his days, and you know that he is. High as a kite, you know what I'm saying? Like nodding off, you know, just it was really, really hard to watch. Um, you know, somebody just abused drugs, like to you know, like look at the camera and be like, Oh my god, I feel this drug, and to pop more drugs, like you know, it was very clear in his music, it was very clear in what he said to people that like he was a dope fiend that was dealing with a lot of anxiety and a lot of problems, and that was his way of coping with everything drug abuse, um, and the enablers around him. Like, I don't, I don't think that people really knew how serious it was. Um, like, you know, just random friends around him, but the people who were with him day to day, like, you know, anytime you're asking for somebody to put four ounces of lean in a Sprite can, my God, man, like, you know, that's, that's just crazy. But something that really stuck with me that he said was at the age of 15, I was diagnosed with ADHD and I was put on medicine. And, you know, that medicine changed me and it did this. And so what I heard from that was from an early age, he had problems handling his emotions, handling things that were happening to him in his life. And he was not given the right tools to succeed. Instead of counseling, instead of talk therapy, um, group counseling, you know, sports or just you know, really maybe even put that man into music without the drugs, pre-drugs, um, God, religion, meditation, yoga. Instead, they put him on drugs. Um, and that started, and that started his drug abuse, that started his self-medicating, you know, like that started his desire to feel this need that he had in his heart and his soul. And fill that with drugs. You know what I mean? 
And so I just, of course, y'all know me. I got to give y'all a couple of stats. So I'm running through my stats and I'm looking at this, right? And my mom is also a diverse learner. So my mom has been a person that has taught special education, diverse learners my entire life. Um, I know people personally that have been diagnosed with ADHD. I know myself, I have ADD, right? Like I can have 15 million conversations and come right back to it, right? Um, but I was always able to be organized. Like I was always able to like funnel that energy into something positive where I didn't need medication. Um, but I know so many people that have struggled with that. Um, and so the CD says that over 155,000 black boys alone are diagnosed with ADHD and put on medication under the age of 16. And so it just really sparked continuous thoughts in my head about it's a really a double-edged sword, right? I know things personally. I know people personally that have dealt with this and have resentment and have these problems, the people that put them on medicine. And I feel like it's a double-edged sword because, you know, here go my ADD, right? It's, it's kicking in right now. I have like 15 million thoughts and I'm trying to figure out what exactly I'm trying to say. So let me, whew, let me, let me get, let me get to it. Cause it's really heavy on my heart. ADD is real, right? Attention deficit is real, right? And we recognize in the world that there are about five to seven ways of learning, how to teach someone, how someone receives information, but yet and still our education system, uh, specifically public schools, um, inner city schools, still fundamentally teach one way, which is the banking method, right? Two plus two is four. Two plus two is four. Three plus three is six. Three plus three is six. And you're not asked to question your information. You are just told something and then you memorize it and then you repeat it back out and boom, you've been educated, right? And so education, the model in which, which we have taught has not changed in over 30, 40, 100 years. Education has not changed. And so if we can recognize that there is multiple ways of learning, why do we continue to have classes in classroom settings and school settings that operate in one way. Like, just truly imagine, like, think about, like, us as adults at work, like, how much we get up, go to the bathroom at work, stuff like that. Imagine being 12 years old, 10 years old, with all of this energy, all of these ideas, all of this dreams, aspirations, and you are told to sit in a room at a desk for 12 hours and listen to me, repeat what I say, do this work, and go home. It's absolutely, honestly, madness when you really, really think about that, John. Like, yeah, it's absolutely crazy. And so for a person to want to get up or want to tap and want to stand up and want to walk. That's not crazy. But because we are not equipped, our schools are not equipped for that, we don't have different ways of learning and teaching in our classrooms, we immediately go to medication. Now, let me be very clear here again. My mother has been a diverse learner, special education director, um, manager, supervisor. She ain't done everything over 25 years. You understand? Shout out to my mom and all the educators in the world. I know for a fact that there are some kids that if they did not have medication, they would not have been able to go through school. Because even if at the age of 12 you need therapy and all these other different type of things, that stuff takes time. And especially if you got a single parent household, mom or dad, you got single parents, when you're doing stuff like getting kicked out of school, getting kicked out of camps, getting kicked out of programs, your parents, and that's what I mean by the double-edged sword, your parents have to make a choice of do I lose my job? Do I keep taking days off? Do I keep beating your ass? Or do I do what this doctor is telling me and put you on medicine and this pill is going to calm your ass down so that I don't get a phone call every single day when you at school? That's a really double-edged sword. And again, it's not so much on the parents. It's not so much on the doctors. It's overall the system. 
right? The system is built to destroy our black and brown youth and to, you know, control, you know what I'm saying? Like education is very much so, like I said, it hasn't changed in a hundred years. And so it is very much so um a a a a a, a plantation or 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 a, a an environment of you know repetition and following orders like you know walking in a straight line quiet in the hallways like you you know that's why the big conversation about you know school prison pipeline right they're teaching you to be in order to follow to not you know challenge to fall in line follow this do this and do that and um that's craziness you know what i'm saying like that's that's wildness when you like really really think about that um and that is what the schools are built to do and so we as black and brown people if we want to really combat self-medicating one we have to really have to take ownership back in our own families and our communities um we need more black psychologists we need more black school counselors um we have to fill those voids because only we care about us you know and i think and it's really not to get on race because i think a lot of people don't recognize how bias and 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 and, and favoritism and, and racism really works like people care about the things that affect them point blank period right like if you listen to me and you white how many how many latin latin latino hispanic heroes do you know right like what latino history do you know you understand what i'm saying why because that shit don't apply to you i'm black i can't i, I will probably say el chapo right i don't know shit i don't i hardly know well okay i'm lying i got a lot of hispanic friends so i do some know what some of the flights you know immigration statuses um jobs um, you know, plantation vibes, slavery, being paid on the table, being abused at work, stuff. I, I, I actually know some problems. What I'm saying is, people care about the things that affect them. I had a friend the other day saying to me, "Why the heck do they only have um handicap rooms? Like, what the fuck?" And I was like, "Because they're handicapped people, girl. What the fuck, right?" Like, it's when and when I said it back to her, she was like, "What?" Like, damn, that sounded really like selfish. It was. But again, you are an able-bodied person, so you don't think about those that are not, right? And so what I mean to say is that if we care about our black and brown boys and we want to prevent the future juice worlds, one, we have to be able to do better than just saying, yeah, dog, I feel you, bro. I got you, bro. I hear you, right? Like, we have got to be able to say, yo, man, you, you talk to a therapist, bro? Yo, man, have you gone to somebody that can talk to you and has no you know, ties, don't care, don't have no say, don't have no money, don't have no no angle. Have you found a person to go talk to and tell them this so that they can help you get the tools? Have you looked into a out-of-patient rehab? Have you looked into, you know what I'm saying? Like, we've got to do better of giving our black and brown boys and girls resources for the things that they are struggling with. And again, it's about information. It's about knowledge. If you don't know, then what you going to do? You understand what I'm saying? Like, what, what you going to say to somebody if you don't know? If you don't know about uh, suicide hotline, what you gonna do? If you don't know about free resources and free mental health resources and free counseling resources in your community around a block, around a hood, how you gonna get that information? You understand what I'm saying? So we gotta get educated as a people. We gotta we gotta know more. And those that are educated that do know, like me right now, you've got to find ways to you know spread that information to the ones in a in a hood that don't, you know, um, that might not know that. Put them on game in another way. You know what I'm saying? 
um, et cetera. So like, so that, so that's just like one thing that we really, really got to do. Um, and you know, really just identify the problems and really just hit it head on, man. Um, they was talking to little Bibby in there and little Bibby pretty much said like, man, when we, when we grew up as shorties, we was popping pills and popping perks and popping Zans when we were shorties and broke. So now you rich. You don't just stop. Now you got more money to do that shit. Now it's at a higher level because now your demons are coming out even stronger because now you're around more people and you're supposed to be a certain way, but you can't because you're still battling them demons. You understand? So it was heartbreaking because, you know, I, I don't I don't try to act like um, anything other than I am. I was very privileged. I never grew up poor. You understand? Like my poorness and my hoodness comes from staying with my daddy on a weekend. You understand what I'm saying? 64th, shout out over there in London town. You dig what I'm saying? Like that's where I get my streets from. But my family struggled with alcoholism and drug abuse throughout time. And so what I'm saying is we got to stop the cycle. We got to give each other resources. Um, and we got to be more vocal about things not being okay, right? You know, I, I have people in my life that don't tell me everything, right? And they don't tell me everything because, one, they know I'm a real nigga. I'm telling them the truth regardless, right? I hold myself to the same standards I hold my friends to, bro. Be real about yourself. Be real about your emotions. Understand what you're doing and understand the 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 the, the damages that you can do, what you can lose trying to be something you ain't, right? I got friends that do certain things in their relationship. They don't want to tell me about it because they know how I get down. They know I don't stand for that shit. I got friends that did drugs and didn't tell me the later on because they knew how I was going to pop off, right? But... What I'm saying is that we have to be more okay with telling your friend it's not okay to be sipping that lean, nigga. I got cousins right now. They'll tell you now. Smoking weed, that's one thing, brother. Go up to shrooms. Hey, I ain't mad at your dog. Psychedelic. But when we go into lean, we go into purse, we go into Xanax, we go into pain reliever drugs. What's the pain, bro? What's the pain, G? Like, let's talk about that shit because obviously you doing drugs every single day and that pain not getting solved, bro. It's getting bigger. It's getting heavy on your heart. And when you watch that documentary, right? Because this whole podcast is about the documentary. But when you watch that documentary, he talks about anxiety. He talks about so much pain that he in and not having any way to deal with it outside of music and self-medicating. And we've got to be able to say, hey, man, I need you to do something better than that. I need you to be better. I want to help you be better. I'm not here to judge you, but I am help I am here to say that I love you. Right, I just continue to tell people in my life all the time, bro. I love you. You understand what I'm saying? I love you. And if something happened to you because of this situation, and I know that you told me that you did this drug, and I didn't say what the fuck, that's on me. That's on me. That's on my heart. I cannot. I love you too much. So really think about that shit. If you got to do something, you can't tell your closest friends and stuff like that. Why? And if you embarrass the the post again, what I say to you is go to a therapist because again, a therapist is somebody that you pay to be in your business to not tell your motherfucking business. They ain't got no pull. They don't care which way it go. I love my therapist. I got to get back with her. She took a leave of absence. She got married. Shout out to her. I ain't gonna say her name because I want her blowing up my hus y'all her shit and messing up my appointment times. But therapy is the way to go. Black people, you can pray and take your ass to therapy. Okay, do it. Do it, do it, man. This documentary was really heavy on my heart, man. The people that was around him, the enablers, like, I ain't trying to put nothing on the girlfriend because at the end of the day, again, I dealt with drug abuse and alcoholism very close to my home. You feel me? Rest in peace, daddy. 
when they own that shit, you can't try to give them the ultimatum. I'm going to leave you if you do this. Because they, they're going to go crazy. So you got to try to scale them back. But I pray for that girlfriend, man. Like, I pray for that girlfriend because she was right there with him doing all of them drugs. Like, everybody around him was just popping pills. And it's like, damn, y'all just bored, nigga? Like, that shit, like, enablers, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to recognize who even in your circle that will allow you to keep going on a spiral. I got people in my circle that when I'm in a slump too long, they be like, fuck around with you, fool. I ain't seen you at the gym in a couple of months. What's going on with you? Oh, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I mean, that sounds like an excuse, my girl. I seen you do a lot of shit. Your ass always was able to go to the gym. So, right? Have people in your life that hold you accountable. Have people in your life that want to hold you to a better standard, but also are caring and love you and love you enough to tell you that it ain't right, that you deserve better. Your life deserves better, man. So, yeah, bro, I'm going to try to cut this shit off. I'm going to leave y'all with some knowledge just because I'm from Chicago. Um, and so for my people in Chicago, in regards to counseling, there's some online centers, betterhelp.com. It's a Facebook page y'all can go into. It's really, really good. You got mental health services. Um, um, Get Cerebral. Really, really good. Um, St. Sabina, Saturday Knife, has um, men and female groups. Um, man, dang, I'm missing on my, I'm blanking on my boy's church right now. Uh, I, I can send that in the link. Um, um, I know Cornerstone, Counseling Center of Chicago is um, church adjacent, but also have none church related, you know, therapists there. Um, Midwest Counseling, Women's Recovery Group in Chicago on Dearborn Street. Um, you know, um, Psychology Today is a really good website um, to find African-American therapists. Black Mental Health Directory Chicago. Um, Black Mental Health Directory in general is a great place to go somewhere and find out the therapists in your neighborhood. Um, to talk to um, a lot of, you know, therapy is, is expensive. You know, I'm not going to cap it out if not, but if you have insurance, please utilize that. And if you need free services, there's a lot of group services um, that you can do. And sometimes that's even better to know that you're not alone in the situations. You understand what I'm saying? But black mental health is real, y'all. Um, I truly believe that Juice World wanted to die. Uh, a couple of artists said that in the documentary, like his music expressed that he wanted to pass away. And he knew that doing drugs was going to do that. And when you listen to that girlfriend part, you can tell that once he realized, like, this is it, like, I'm about to die in this moment, all that regret came right there, like, damn, I, I could have did another day, you know? And so as a person that has lost a cousin to suicide, um, has lost people to alcoholism, has lost people to drug abuse in the family, um, please understand that, one, you're not alone, um... People love you, regardless if you can see it right now. I promise that there is sun. I promise that it can't rain forever. I promise that God is real. I promise that he loves you, that they love you. And um, for anybody that's going through a tough time, grieving, anything, just know that I love you. And even if you don't know me, and it's your first time hearing my voice, man, DM me. DM me. Do what you need to do, but I love you with the love of Christ. I love you with the love of God. I love you with the love of black people. Um, it kind of got deep at the end, but I appreciate y'all for listening to me. Per usual, it's your girl, Prodigy the Brand. I'm out. Until next time, happy new year. Happy Kwanzaa. Live life. <laughs>